just callings, ministry, just in general. Like, okay. for instance, the call to the ministry in general, like, as a whole in terms of what that looks like. And then the ministry of ministering, preaching, and stuff like that. Okay. Sounds good. Let's do it. Record the intro now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Joseph's podcast, and this is Sunday with Matt. And this, this is, is Matt. Joseph. This is this is Matt. This is Joseph. 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 So today we're going to be talking about ministry as a whole, the call to ministry, and how everyone's ministry is different. Not everyone's ministry is the same, and how, for instance, the pulpit is not the only ministry. Let's do it. So again, today's topic as a whole of ministry, looking at ministry as a whole and how everyone's ministry looks different and what ministry is in, in its, uh, I guess, raw form and how the pulpit is not the only ministry. I think that's a very relevant topic, especially since this is a Young Ministers podcast and a lot of people sometimes, I feel like, in their, uh, I guess, conception of their walk with God feel like the only ministry is pulpit ministry. Yeah. So, um, let me just give you a Google definition of ministry. <laughs> Google said. Uh, based on Brother Google, uh, the definition of ministry is the office or duties of a, of a religious minister or two, a group of religious ministers, clergy, three, a section of government head by a minister, the ministry of transportation. Like bus ministry? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was talking about like I'm the people messing. that work the roads on messing. that part. But yeah, ministry. Um, what does it look like for us as young ministers? What is ministry? Um, how do we identify with ministry? Is that kind of what you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like for instance, again, people people start out with their walk with God and they, and they start in ministry. And some people believe that ministry is only preaching on a pulpit and things of that sort. Maybe Maybe the spotlight ministry. We don't talk about a lot of times, or it's not as glorified to be behind the scenes. The people that are behind the scenes doing doing a lot of the work. Yeah. So, I mean, I can only speak from my experience, and then I can give you kind of some scripture um, behind what my experience looks like based on ministry. Um, or I could just read you a blog from some theologian online here, but <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to use Brother Google. <laughs> Um, which, by the way, I think Brother Google was wrong, um, just kind of to clear the air On his there. definition of ministry? Yeah. Uh, I think they're just basing it off of a uh, secular term, because yeah. ministry is used in the secular world. Yeah. Um, and ministry is used in every denomination. Every You know, there's different, I think, denominations inside of the Christian world 
that use this term. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys are like, yeah, I'm, I'm the Apostle John uh, Clavis <laughs> the Third, And you're just like, uh, how did you get the Apostle title? So if you were to write a, let's say, if you were to write the definition of ministry when people Googled it, what would you write it as? Well, I think it, again, so... I can't give you a definition a definition of mm-hmm. ministry for you or for anybody else. Yeah. I think ministry, um, Paul said it this way. Um, he told Timothy, he said that the ministry in which God has placed me in. Mm-hmm. So obviously Paul's ministry was very different from Timothy's ministry. Absolutely. Right? So there were two different ministries. And yes, at the core of their meaning, they were essentially meaning the same thing to minister unto God. I think the basis of every ministry is to minister unto God first and then to allow God to minister to his people through you, the minister. Yeah. Which we all have that universal call. Yeah. So, but then there's this, okay, beyond the general call of ministry, what is my specific ministry and calling and how do I, how do I identify it? And the, Simplest answer that I can give is go pray. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Seek God, talk to your pastor, and and in those steps of praying and getting counsel, um, your ministry will start to unfold. That is the simplest, and that is, I think, the, the best answer that I could give. But we can talk about it more in depth. Um, yeah. But that's my definition. Yeah, yeah, which I feel like a lot of times we overcomplicate it. And again, this is looking at it from the aspect of, Someone that's um, just starting out, I guess, th- th- either their ministry, their walk with God, and wanted to go to go further and deeper. And it's a question that, personally, I, growing up, I was like, well, you know, what's my call? What's my ministry going to look like? And even now, you know, you still think, I'm only, again, I'm only 21, so I think of how my ministry is going to look 10, 15, 20 years from now. That, is, that is one thing, though. Ministry will evolve yeah. as you grow. Um, it's kind of like school. In a way, you you can't be a professor if you've not even gone through the first semester of whatever you're trying to be a professor yeah. for, right? Yeah. How do I become a professor? I have to get, um, I have to meet a certain uh, standard of having either an MBA or having a doctorate or having certain required degrees, prerequisites, prerequisites yeah. to become a professor in that field. So for us, we are, and especially if we're starting out, this is the way I was taught. I am not a minister per se. I am an aspiring minister. Mm-hmm. Now today, today I am a minister. I'm I pastor a Spanish church. I serve under the direction of Pastor Mark McCool, uh, the associate pastor, Pastor Nate Whitley, and um, student pastor, Pastor Anthony McCool. These guys are, I would I I call them the four horsemen: the Bishop, <laughs> Pastor Mark. Pastor Nate and Pastor Anthony, they're the four horsemen, the, the general counsel in my life that helped me navigate through the direction and the and the you know the nuances of, of mm-hmm. this ministry. So um they're they're my they're my authority. And I am I'm a pastor today because of them. Mm-hmm. I didn't just show up and say, Hey, I'm pastor, so you guys start calling me pastor. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was very timid to even take on that title. It wasn't until recently that Pastor Mark was like, Hey, you need to you need to assume that role. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to claim that title. So now I say that I'm the Spanish pastor only because my pastor asked me to say that. But before then, you can ask Matthew. Matthew would say, "So are you?" I'm like, "No, I'm just 
facilitator. I'm the Spanish ministry yeah. facilitator. <laughs> yeah. And I try to navigate around the terms and the titles because it is kind of funny as a young minister. You're like, so, yeah. so am I a minister? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I've asked you that question. I'm like, when they say minister stand, do I stand? Yeah. That's the yeah. highlight of your ministry. You're just like, yes, <laughs> I get to stand. I'm getting to stand. And pastor says, hey, when they call for minister stand, you're like, Yes, I made it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm preaching NYC next year. That's it. <laughs> no, but it's it's a, it's a legit question that a lot of people uh, they ask themselves. Well, and again, not even talking about pulpit ministry, but talking about ministry as a whole, is that a lot of times people don't um, know how to navigate it in terms of using their gifts, using the things that God has called them to. Like and that. and here's here's the thing. There's a there's like a fine balance of like owning it and flaunting it. Yeah, just. Yeah. Shying away from it. You can't shy away so much that it's false humility. It's like, well, are you a preacher? Well, you know, I preach every now and again, but I don't really consider myself a preacher. And then you're just like a really good preacher, you know? Yeah. And, or you can't just be like, yeah, man, I'm a man of God. And you can't Didn't even. You know that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Don't you feel my anointing? Do you not watch my preachings on Facebook <laughs> every every Saturday at 2 p.m.? I come on after Tony Suarez. Yeah, so. yeah but I remember, I remember one time you did tell me, you were like, and this is good advice for just anyone really it was like he, Joseph told me one time he was like own it he was like you are what you are you just own it you're not flaunting yourself you're not doing this because at one point I was I was super hesitant I was like ah, I don't know I don't know about that and Joseph was like own it yeah nobody's going to take you serious until you take, take yourself, yourself serious. serious so that's kind of the uh motto um you know I I would say just if if you're trying to identify your ministry, you you first have to identify yourself, mm-hmm. um, and that is okay. If I'm going to be a minister, first I have to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to be a man of God? Now you can go to the scripture for that. First Timothy, Second Timothy, the requirements of yeah. a deacon. Like if you can't even be a deacon, don't call yourself a bishop. Yeah, you know. <laughs> then you read the requirements of a bishop, and I mean I'm not going to get into the whole you know theology of it, but I will say this that before you can be a minister, you have to be a man of God. Mm. And to be a man of God means to walk with God, to talk with God, to have a devotion, a relationship. A pastor, Pastor Julio May, actually, who will be on the podcast in the Spanish version of the podcast uh, this week. But anyways, we recorded oh, it man. yesterday. It was pure fire. So if you speak Spanish and you want to hear it. Or if be... you know someone that speaks Spanish because yeah. Brother May always brings the heat. He did, And he did bring the heat. But he told me this one time. Um. He was like, you know, basically, um, when when it comes to to ministry and and trying to identify yourself in ministry, um, you you start off with devotionals, right? You have mm-hmm. all these devotions that help you, guide you, they nourish you, they help you to become what God is calling. You. But at some point, those devotions with God. As a, as a minister, those devotions you have, because we all have them, and, you know, they don't stop. You don't ever stop having these devotions with God. They mm-hmm. they just grow to deeper, more profound thoughts. And what I mean by devotion is, if you're a young minister, I would assume you got, you have a notebook, and you're already preparing your, your Friday night youth rally notes that yeah. if you ever get, you're preparing your conference messages, and you're preparing your Sunday night messages. Everyone, every young minister does this. Right, it's it's natural, it's normal, it's not, you know. I don't think it's prideful for you to you. It's pre- a preparation. You're preparing yourself for if the event mm-hmm. or the opportunity <laughs> to present itself. Yeah, so you're putting your thoughts on paper. You have yeah, that's your devotion. 
And those notes, those thoughts, that devotion, Brother May said, that has to become a conviction in your life. You go from it being just a devotional, I just have a devotion with God, to no, I, now I have conviction with God. Mm-hmm. And conviction, what, it, what that means is that you're willing to stand by that at any means necessary. That's what a conviction is. I'm not going to compromise because it's a conviction. And the moment you compromise, it stops being a conviction. So you're saying inherently, I want to see if this is correct, what you're saying. So you're saying the stuff that, the messages that you build and that you put on your own and and those devotions with God, that those messages in particular become convictions or the conviction is having that constant devotion? Basically, you know, your devotion and and not just, sometimes we get it wrong, especially when we're young, we're writing these notes and we preach about Samson and how he was the strongest man on earth. And we <laughs> give all these facts about strength and we preach this whole theology on Samson. Then we get older and realize, Oh, I was wrong. I didn't know anything about Samson. That was Samson was a loser <laughs> and he couldn't abstain from sin. So that's why he was in that situation. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there's principles that you learn in devotion mm. and those principles need to become convictions uh, convictions that you stand by, that you don't compromise on, that okay. you don't you don't allow yourself to change so much when you get older and when you get wiser and when you become uh, uh, more known, I guess, and you get more opportunity. You don't allow the opportunity to sway you one way or another because yeah, you're constant. You're you're you've built a foundation on prin- yeah. biblical principles and convictions that. If this church down the road offers you more money than this church, and but this church is compromising, you know it's like I'm not going to do that because I have my convictions. Yeah, and so now you've become a man of God with convictions, and a man of God with convictions will always take you for being a man of God with convictions will always take you further than being a man of God with opportunity. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's very important, and I think that there's this um, there's a a place in young minister in in young ministry where you can get lost in opportunity mm-hmm. and and bypass conviction and bypass building conviction in your life and you're just constantly seeking opportunity 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 and you never allow God to really you know settle some principles in your heart and mind yeah. and build conviction um and then you're just you're living off of opportunity. And if yeah. you don't have opportunity, then you 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 can't identify identify with ministry, yeah. because your whole basis of ministry is based on opportunity and not conviction. Yeah, which it should be the other way around. It's like, well, no, I'm I'm in ministry because of my convictions, yeah. because I started out with devotion, and my devotion turned into conviction, and that conviction is what's leading me and helping me navigate through ministry. And as the opportunity comes, I take it based on my conviction. Yeah. But I don't take opportunity and say, well, I can, you know, bypass conviction or I can compromise here and there yeah, yeah, yeah. just to minister wherever. Yeah. You know, because as a young man, you will be sought out, especially if you're talented or gifted. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that once the world recognizes your talent or your gift, they're going to want to lure you in to whatever. And, and And what happens is, like, I guess the enemy will try to, uh, deceive us and say, well, you know, the church doesn't really want to, you know, they're not, they're not really ready for your talent. They're not prepared for your, like, come over here, use your talents here and, and do this, or, or you can go into this field and use your 
talents and abilities here and you can become. And I've seen a lot of men, young men who were gifted and talented and felt like they were underappreciated in church and went out into the world and used their gifts and callings in the world. And, um, and it was the, you know, the beginning of their demise, but, um, that's because they allowed, they allowed opportunity to lead them instead of conviction. Yeah. Which you made an interesting point. You said you have to know yourself. And I feel like that's a lot of, that's something that we skip over as, as humans mm-hmm. is that we, a lot of times don't know our true self. We don't understand ourselves. We don't work through things for ourselves. Yeah. And truly know like who is the man that I'm looking in the mirror. Because we hear it all the time. We're our greatest enemy. I heard a, a great message last year. And I don't know. You may be able to find it. You may not. It's uh, FBC Durham. Uh, Pastor Nathaniel Urshan. He preached a message about the builders. And he talked about how we all are built a certain way. Mm-hmm. We're all made a certain way. And, and what builds us is the circumstances of our life. How we were mm-hmm. raised. Where we were raised. Um, the conditions of our upbringing. Whether we were raised in poverty or yeah. where we were whether we were raised uh, a middle class or yeah. whether we were raised with the silver spoon, but identifying those things that made us and then um, removing the things that, that don't please God and allowing the things that do please God to remain. And so you're not undoing everything, but you are undoing the things that will not help you. Yeah. And this is all part of identity. And so when you try to identify yourself, one of the first things I had to realize as a young man was, you know, my family, and they know this, we speak about this all the time, is my family was, number one, we were very dysfunctional. Um, we didn't know how to communicate with each other. Every time we talked to each other, was, it was like our expression of love was Yelling. yelling and via insults. Like we say, other. what's up, dummy? You know, <laughs> what's up, big yeah. head? I think that's a, I think that's kind of a Spanish thing too. It is, but there's I know I know a lot of other families that, that that's the way they communicate, and yeah. they and it's not healthy. I, yeah. And I didn't realize this until how, how bad now, it really was. Now that I'm, I'm I'm pastoring and and I'm having to help people to hey, okay, like first of all, don't talk to your wife like that, or don't <laughs> talk to your son like that. Yeah, you know, because it is. It, there's something about, you know, st- the, the, sa- the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. Yeah, words hurt. Words are empowering. So basically identifying your, your upbringing, identifying, um, okay, what are some things that I can change that, um, you know, I was raised a certain way, but was the way I raised correct? Now, this is no, this is not to take away from your father, your mother, the effort they made or or your family, whoever it was that raised you. Maybe you didn't have parents, or maybe you had to raise yourself. And I know a lot of guys that had to do that. But what are the good and the bad? Yeah. And then you start, you start, and, and not you just cycle you, through that. but you allow God to heal because there's a lot of healing that has to take place. Yeah. And every young person, and, and especially now, this generation, there is so much depression, there is so much anxiety that has yeah. touched this generation. And it's part of the enemy's plan to try to keep us from becoming everything that God wants us to become. Absolutely. So you have to identify those areas of your life. And I'm no psychologist. I'm no therapist. I'm no counselor. <laughs> I'm not licensed or certified in this field. I have no. Uh, I, have, I have no room to speak on these things. No, but you're absolutely other than, right. Other than my my experience. Yeah. And so, I had to identify those areas where okay, this is not good. This is not healthy. One of the biggest things with was, um, you know, my whole view and perspective on finances. Um, that was a big thing for me. I didn't learn 
um, I wasn't taught, you know, finances. I wasn't prepared for credit and good credit or bad credit. Didn't know how it worked. Um, mm-hmm. uh, administrating funds, administrating, balancing, budgeting the funds, the income, and and you know, I had one some. I had a pastor tell me one time, you know, if the the, you know, the greater if your if your outflow is greater than your income, great is your downfall. Mm. It's a good principle to live by. If you're spending more than you make, then be sure that you're going to end yeah. up in a bad place. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of those, you know, that was one of those things that I had to learn, and I had to say, okay, how can I get a grip, or how can I get a hold of my finances? Yeah. And um, one mm. of the greatest tools that was ever given to me was uh, Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey. Everybody thinks he's God. I don't. Uh, I think that he's right in some areas, and I think he's wrong in some yeah, areas. Absolutely. But, um, but I know that there are some principles and biblical principles that he teaches that will help anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, budgeting and uh, and creating, setting goals, financial goals, uh, things like that. Um, and so I had to I had to learn that. And then God gave me the greatest gift um, that He could ever give me, uh, besides the Holy Ghost, which is my wife. And she is a great administrator, and so she helps not just my personal finances, but helps in the business finances. And so, um, so those are things. And these these are all like, and it, and it may not be finances. Maybe you're the greatest administrator in your family, or you know, yeah. you're that's a strong suit. But you're but bad with relationships. You're bad with relationships, yeah. or you're bad with uh, communication. You don't know how yeah. to communicate to people. Yeah. But it's an interesting uh, statement that you made talking about um, um, Brother Urshan's message. Because that is true. Even if you look at it, I took mental health last semester. So whenever people talk about upbringings and stuff like that, it contributes so much to your adulthood and to how you process things. Everything from how you, your emotions, how you problem solve, how you think, everything, the whole shebang. So it's it's very, very important as a person to, like you said, cycle through. And that's good just for, honestly, anyone that wants to grow as a human being and as a healthy loving, kind human being, it's important to, and prosperous human being, is to realize, okay, this is bad, or this is good, and here's how I need to work through that and cycle through that. But it is, again, so true because... And in and in ministry, this is one of the most important things you have to do, because um, the more that you're exposed to ministry, the more you realize, okay, no one has it together. No one has figured it out yet. Everyone's still working through their own issues and dilemmas. And then that could be discouraging. I know it was for me when you when you sit, you know, at tables with some of your greatest heroes and then you realize, oh, wow, they're not everything I thought they were. Yeah, they're just human too. Yeah, they're human too. And then you realize, okay, there's two perspectives that I could take from it. One, well, everyone is wrong, so therefore I'm just going to walk away from this. Or two, okay, we're not perfect. So I don't have to have that pressure on me that's like, okay, I got to be perfect in order to be a minister or to be in ministry. Like, no, I don't have to be perfect, but I have to be willing to always constantly try to change and evolve and grow. Not, again, not compromise because Mm -hmm. those convictions were set. Yeah, those are set in stone. Yeah, you're not changing convictions. You're just... You're growing and evolving as a minister in the sense of your methods are are becoming a little more um, in tune. And and by method, I mean there's when you're when I was younger, and I still kind of do this now, and I'm trying to steer away from it. But um, I get up and preach, and it would just be like 
zero to a hundred and my whole preaching would just be me pre yelling at the top of my lungs, you know. And there was no real content. It was just all like hype, like, come on, people of God. Yeah. Let's go. And, they said, and throwing Shout! chairs, yeah, throwing chairs, <laughs> yeah. tables. It was like the WWF in in the Jumping sanctuary. The yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So but now it's like, okay, well, you know what? I want to be able to give and provide content and, and provide um, you know, meat for for those that are truly hungry and, and I, but I don't want to be too so profound that I get lost or yeah, that yeah. people lose. Yeah, there's a median. <laughs> yeah. And so but um you know you that's what I mean by evolving and growing. You learn okay, what is the best way to communicate for me? Not necessarily how can I communicate? How can I be more like JH Osborne or how can I be more like NS Whitley? How can I be more like whoever your preacher may be? But it's how can I grow and become everything that God has called me to be. How can I be more like Joseph Perez is what I should be thinking mm. because I haven't fully became who you were supposed to become. And, and so I, I need to, and, and that was, um, again, we're going to bring up the goat. We should have like a plug here for like goat, a, a goat, um, a, a goat, uh, what do you call it? Um, sound soundtrack or goat <laughs> sound bite so bringing up ns whitley here yeah it's like he makes every podcast and it, it, it only happens because he's such a big influence in our life yeah so he put up this um uh, i don't even know what you call those um the slides essentially they're they're young minister dear, dear young preacher yeah like uh, and he talked tips. about yeah don't worry about if you're as talented or less talented or more talented than other people just be better than yourself Strive to be better than yourself, you know, not better than somebody else, which is so true. And, you know, if I'm constantly thinking, well, man, I can't preach as good as that guy, or I definitely can preach better than that guy. If that's the only thing going through my mind, or I'm a better minister, or I'm a more, I pray more than them, for sure. Yeah. Or I know I fast more than them, or I know, I know, I, I know I'm not that carnal, yeah. <laughs> you know, then, then you've defined ministry based off of what other people are doing. And how other people are, but it's not based off of your own convictions. Yeah. And so again, it goes back to that thought of okay, I am where I am because of the convictions in my life. Yeah. You know, I I decided a long time ago I wasn't going to be a part of a certain group of people. Mm -hmm. You know, and I said okay, if I'm not going to be a part of a certain group of people, not that there's anything wrong with those people, but I just have certain convictions. Yeah. That will not allow me to associate myself to a group that doesn't share the same convictions. Yeah. And so that led me to where I am today. You know, now I'm sitting under pastors that I, that I do share the same convictions mm -hmm. and that help me, you know, hone in my, my skills and ability um, and my call and help me to navigate through that. And not to say that the people in my life that helped me to get here don't have those convictions. It's just that, in in your walk with God, God takes you to certain places and places certain people. Sister Akers told me this one time, God puts people in your life for seasons. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are only in your life for a season. Yeah. So you're it's not you're probably not meant to be or they're meant to be in your life for the entirety of your life, mm -hmm. but just for a season. So you have to take the lesson from that season. Why are these people here? Why yeah. are they why did what? God place this pastor over my life maybe he won't be my pastor forever yeah. but while he's my pastor i need to take everything i can from him learn as yeah. much as i can and use that um and allow god to use that and so 
Yeah. Man. I don't know. When, when, when thinking about it, it's uh, like, like you said, you said ministries evolve. And that is true. You might be somewhere five, ten years, two years. And, and if you don't pay attention to what is in front of you and what God is trying to teach you, then you miss out on a lot. And it is true in the fact of, um, I guess it's, it's different for everyone. Everyone's uh, walk is not the same, everyone. Their um, ministry does not look the same. They might not preach the same. They might not dress the same. Might not even have the same methods, and that's, that's okay. But the main principle is building the kingdom. Because as the man of God, if you're not building up the kingdom, then what are you doing? You might as well toss it out the window. And that's, and that's the base, and that's like a base rudiment, is build the kingdom first, and then everything will, in a way, take care of itself. Because that's, the, again, the basic rule, the basic law that we had to follow in being a man of God. So essentially, Pastor Joseph, you said, devotionals turn into convictions and then those convictions stay steady throughout your life and propel you. Yeah. You're not led through opportunity. You're led through conviction. Yeah. And um, and there, the scripture says, you know, a man's gift will make room for himself. That gift that it's talking about is your conviction. Because that's the gift God gave you. Yeah. Is that you've allowed those devotions to become a conviction. And you that those things will bleed out in your preaching, in your ministry. You, you will be known by your convictions. No one's going to know how many places you preached. No one's going to know who all allowed you to get up on their pulpit. They're just going to know what's in front of them. And that's going to be your convictions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, wow. He, you know, and when, and it can be as simple as, well, you know, he just, he just, he's always carrying himself in a, in the right yeah. way. Or he's always just, you know, yeah. he's very like Bishop is, what is Bishop's best known quality in all of Knoxville? Right. He's never dressed down. Never. And that's that's not a just kind of a well that's a habit. No, it's a conviction. Yeah. I've seen him get on a tractor in his loafers. You know. <laughs> He's not like being yeah. real. That's yeah. a conviction in his life. Now I'm not saying we gotta go all wear <laughs> loafers and dress yeah. up all the time. I'm just saying whenever he was young, he established those things as a young man and now yeah. as an as a bishop. He still has those convictions. Yeah. He's not changed or wavered those things. Yeah. And it comes with being real. Yeah. You can't fake that. For exactly. 50 years. You can't fake that for 40, 50, 60 years. If no. you do, you're good. You're real good. If but. it's a true conviction, it's not gonna it's not gonna change. The only way it'll change is if you allowed yourself to compromise in that yeah. conviction. Yeah. And you said ministry without convictions is what? You made you made that statement. You said ministry without convictions is something. I forgot what you had said. It was a good line. Like you put on <laughs> we'll a t shirt. You have to go back and listen to it. You can put it on a t shirt. <laughs> but essentially in your start, start with devotionals. Not devotionals inherently just of the Bible, but things that you do, and then let those turn into convictions, and those convictions will propel you forward. Yeah, exactly. It's good. Good stuff. Hey guys, thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, hope y'all enjoyed this. Hope y'all are still here. And uh, if you can, just leave us leave us a review and uh, share the podcast with I somebody who's here. Thank you guys for being faithful to our Sundays with Matt. Yeah, it's, it's greatly appreciated. Yes, sir. God bless. Howdy.